prayer is what we're talking about. And so I'd like to do three things with this topic. The first thing is this. I want to just kind of talk and dig in a little bit about what prayer is. You know, what is prayer? Uh, what does the Bible talk about prayer? What do people say about prayer? The second thing is this. I want, to, I want us to think about and come up with a good prayer plan. And the third thing is this. We're going to pray. So at the end of the message, we're going to take some time to pray together, okay? So that's where we're going. That's what we're going to do. Number one, what is prayer? So check out for a minute, if you would. Prayer is a lot of things. You know, if I asked all of us, what is prayer, write down something, we'd probably all come up with things that are a little different about what prayer means to us, like what it is, what the Bible says, what I think it is, what, how I pray, what I pray for, different things about prayer. But there's some brilliant people who have said some brilliant things about prayer. Check these out with me. First, Oswald Chambers said this. Get this. He says, we have to pray with our eyes on God and not on our difficulties. I mean, that's good, right? Like so many times when we pray, we're looking at all the bad things and we're saying, God, help us, as our, our focus is not on God and who he is and what he can do, but our focus is on the worldly things that are getting us down, the things that are causing us to tremble, the things that are causing us to stumble. Right? Our, our eyes are on the wrong thing. So prayer is lifting your eyes off of the stuff of the world and putting your eyes on the one who created everything. Right? That's where our eyes go in prayer. They go to God, right? That's important, right? That's pretty cool. Look at this. Second thing somebody once said about prayer is this. Keep praying, but be thankful that God's answers are wiser than your prayers. Ain't that good? Ain't that good? Right? Because we pray, you know, we think we know what we need, and we think we know what we want, and we think, you know, we got this figured out. And if God, if you'll just do what I know needs to happen, you know, it's all going to be awesome. And then God says, you're... Your plan is so small. No, we're not doing that. And he does something way better than you could ever think or imagine or hope. And so we're thankful, right? We're thankful that even though we pray and we talk to God, we also know that he is so much wiser than we are. He sees so far down the road than we'll ever see. And he knows exactly what we need. And what we need might not be what we think we need. Sometimes what we need is the exact opposite of what we think we need. Because what we want is relief. What we want is take me out of it. What we want is like free me from it. And what God sometimes says is, no, you, you need to stay right there and, and cook a little, right? Like let some things get thought out and thought through and a little bit more desperation maybe. And, and so God is so much wiser. Somebody else once said this, prayer is bringing your wishes and your worries to God. Faith is leaving them there. I like that, right? Because so many times, how many times do we pray and then we walk away and we start worrying about what we just said we gave to God, right? And so we haven't given anything to God. We just keep worrying about what we, we were worried about. and We haven't really left them at his feet. And prayer is about saying, God, here's my concerns. Here's what's on my heart. And faith is saying, God, I trust you with him. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. That takes a lot of faith, right? That takes a lot of maturity to get there, right? And the last uh, quote that I got for you here as we move is this. Somebody once said, if you only pray when you're in trouble, you're in trouble, <laughs> right? That's good, right? If only time you ever pray is when, when you're on your back looking up, uh, then you're on your back looking up. <laughs> you're in trouble already, right? 
So that shouldn't be the only time we pray. That's not the only time we should go to God. In fact, I think if we went to God more often, we wouldn't ever be in trouble because our view of trouble would be so different. Our view of trouble wouldn't be trouble, it would be another opportunity that God's going to use in my life to do something amazing. We would see what the world calls trouble as opportunity. See, that's, what, that's the difference between praying to God and just coming to him every once in a while when you got a problem. Totally different. Totally different way of living. So as we go into 2019, we want to go with this attitude of prayer. We're going to take with us this one critical thing, and it's called prayer. And so Jesus sets lots of examples for us on prayer. So many times he talks about prayer, but in Luke 11, just, just listen to what happens. Jesus is praying in a certain place, the scripture says, and when he's finished, the disciples come and they ask him, and they say, Lord, teach us to pray. Isn't that a great question for God? Like, God, teach me to pray. I mean, that's really where we're at right now this morning. It's just saying, you know what? I've learned about prayer. I've read about prayer. I've prayed a lot. But really, where I'm at, God, teach me how to pray because I still don't know how. I still need you, God, to help me. And, and in fact, if you're not even in it, then it's not even prayer. I'm just talking to myself. Right? So I need, and the disciples understood that they needed Jesus to teach them like the things of prayer. What is prayer about, Jesus? Teach me how to pray in a way, not to get what I want, but teach me in a way that I can come into the very presence of your Father, that I can be there in your presence and I, I will hear you and I know that you'll hear me and I know that when I leave and go do, that you're walking with me. Prayer. That's how powerful it is. It isn't just an event that we do. It's not just a moment that we cry out to God and then we go about our business. Prayer is like we live it, right? It's part of our lives. And so our heart cry is the same as their heart cry, and that is, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Everybody, just say that for a minute. Just, just to God, just say that to him, honestly. Just say, Jesus, teach me to pray. Jesus, teach me to pray. And mean it. Don't just say it because I asked you to, but just really, Jesus, and that should be like our, 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 like our student attitude all the time, he, you know, as a disciple, that we're always saying, Jesus, teach me. Teach me how to live for you. Teach me how to pray. And we, we just stay right there in this learning, this learning mentality. And so he says a lot of things about prayer. As you read through the Bible, you see Jesus talk about prayer a lot. A lot of scriptures about prayer. In fact, as you go into 2019, if you haven't picked something to study as you go into this next year, I would suggest that this topic alone, prayer, is a great one to start with. Start in the, in the Old Testament, start in the New Testament, wherever you want to start. Look up every verse Go through your Bible, look up verses that talk about prayer and write them down. What happened when they prayed? What did they pray for? Where were they when they prayed? And just study the idea of prayer and let the Word of God just kind of like saturate your, your heart. And, and, and God will use that to do a great thing in your heart. Three things I want to share with you that Jesus says about prayer, and that's this. Pray about decisions. That's one of the things we learn. In, in Luke chapter 6, as it'll be on your screen, Luke chapter 6, uh, Jesus is, is about to choose the 12, right? Pretty big decision, right? He's about to choose the 12 that he's going to like leave the baton of faith in and they're going to reach the world, right? So pretty big decision. Jesus says this, look at this. 
Luke 12, or Luke 6, verse 12, one of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. So if you're taking notes, write down every detail about prayer. To me, I'd be writing down different things, like he went out all night. He went by himself. He went to a mountain. Now, that doesn't mean you can only go to the mountain and pray, but it does mean that it's an option. You know, it's, it's, it's something you should do or could do. And he went to the uh, all night praying to God, and when morning came, he calls his disciples to him, and he chose 12 of them whom he also designated as the apostles. And so what we see here is Jesus demonstrating to us that when you're about to make an important decision or any kind of decision that means something, that you should take time to pray. Give it to God, right? Go seek God about it. Now, there's a lot of ways you can go with this. Some, some people think you, if you're in line at Burger King and you're trying to decide between a number five and a number four, you should give it to God, right? Uh, so some people will take it to that extreme. I'll be honest with you, I don't. Okay, they're both bad for me. I know, I know, I know, I know, right? The Big Mac with all beef patties and that, or the chicken sandwich with spice, no, whatever. But when it comes to important decisions in our lives, things that we have to decide about are, that's going to affect us and the people around us, Jesus gives us an example that you should pray, right? That we should pray and give it to God. And, and it's all about, you know, the mission for Jesus. And so prayer is just giving it to God, just saying, God, help me in this decision. The, another thing we see that Jesus gives us an example of in prayer that he does is, is to believe is that when you pray, that you will pray believing. In Mark chapter 11, uh, verse 24 or 22, Jesus says, or the scripture says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. And he said, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that, that what they say will happen, it will be done to them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now, that's a crazy verse right there, right? Because then you don't, don't walk out of here and, and ask the trees to be uprooted and tossed into the neighbor's yard. Okay, that probably won't be a good idea. And, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean that... It, that, that we can use God to wow people or to bring glory to ourselves. That is not what this is about. This is about the extremity of a mountain and that our prayer and our faith and our belief in what God can do is he could even do that if he wanted to. I mean, that's how big he is. That's how mighty he is. That's how powerful he is. But it's not about us using prayer to get our way. It's about us believing that God can do whatever he wants, no matter how big it is. So for us, our mountain might, for most of us, our mountains become like health things, like somebody's got cancer or somebody's sick or somebody's uh, dealing with an issue or there's somebody's lost or you've been sharing your faith with somebody and they're just not wanting to accept Christ into their life and walk it. See, those are the mountains that we face that sometimes seem impossible. But Jesus says, like, if you believe, like, don't doubt. Like, if you give it to God, believe that he can do it. Even if he chooses not to, that's, that's tr truly up to him, right? That's not up to us. Our job is to say, God, I believe you can do anything. If you want to throw a mountain into the sea, you can do it. If you want to uproot those trees over there, you can do it. You can do whatever you want, God. I believe wholeheartedly. 
And I'm giving you this prayer need. I'm giving you my, my heart and my need in this, this issue, and I believe that you can heal it. I believe that you can conquer it. I believe that there can be victory in it. I trust that you can do that. But in the end, it's God's going to decide if that's what needs to happen right now. He sees the bigger picture. So prayer, Jesus teaches us, is about giving decisions to God and letting God help guide your decision. And in this passage, it's about believing without any doubt that God is able to do it. He's able to do it. You know, sometimes we pray, and then we, we take it back, and we doubt it. Like, we, we give it to God, right? We give it to God, which is what we should do. Think of a health issue that you're maybe dealing with, maybe a friend, maybe a family member. And there's all kinds of different responses about this. You know, people pray, God, please bring healing to my daughter. Right? God, please keep that baby safe. Right? And if we pray that, and we believe God is able to do that, but then walk away and start crying about what we think might happen, we aren't believing. We are not walking in faith. Faith is saying, God, I know you can. I believe you can. And I'm praying that you will give me the strength to deal with whatever comes about. And I will walk in faith with you. Right? Too many times we give stuff to God and then we go out crying like we don't have any faith at all. And, and, and Jesus says, when you pray, don't doubt. Don't be like the, the waves of the sea, driven and tossed by, the, by all kinds of stuff. He says, you believe, I can do anything, I can move mountains. And the third thing Jesus kind of gives us in, this, in, these, in the scriptures about prayer here in this section is this, is in John 17, remember when Jesus prays, he prays for three things. He prays one for himself, that his Father's will would be done in him, that, that God would bring glory to himself through his Son. So Jesus' prayer, even though it's for him, is about bringing glory to the Father. Now, there's a lot that we can learn right there. Because a lot of times we pray about things that we want. Like we got our list, right? We got our list of, of things that we would like. It's like a wish list, right, to God. That's not what prayer is about. We never see Jesus praying for anything selfish, ever. You never say Jesus praying to his father for the latest New Testament iPad at the local you know, hut. Never. His prayer is always about kingdom things. His prayer is always about eternal things. His prayer is always about other people or how God can use him to reach the world, or protection for his disciples, which he does in John 17. He prays for himself, he prays for his disciples, that, God, that, that the Father would protect the ones that he has given him, that they would be protected from the evil one, that they would be a powerful message and witness to the world. See, all eternal stuff. Never does Jesus say, uh, and Father, please give them that new cloak that I, we saw at the hut the other day. He never, you never hear Jesus pray for those things. It's always about eternal, important things, matters, because Jesus understood that everything else is temporary. If you have it, you have it. If you don't, you don't. So what? But what he prays for is the things that matter the most. That's what prayer is. And he prays for people. And the last thing Jesus prays for in John 17 there is that all who would believe in their message. He prays for you and me before we ever entered the planet. 
that we would believe, that we would be faithful, that we would walk with Him. So prayer is like kingdom focused. That's what prayer is. It's about being kingdom focused, okay? Paul said a couple things about prayer. Let me, let me show you these on the screen here. He said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, look what he says. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Look at that. That is so good, isn't it? Like rejoice all the time. Just why should we rejoice all the time? Because God wins. You know, we win in the end. We got victory in the end. Nothing matters. You know, whatever happens doesn't really matter that much. I mean, I'm talking even death doesn't matter that much. Jesus is better than it. It's bigger than it. He's conquered it. Everything we have in Christ is so much greater than anything on this planet. Nothing should ever get us down. I know it does because we're human. But when we're focused on Jesus, when we're focused on things that are eternal and our mind is on the things that matter, then there isn't anything that will happen on this planet that will throw you. Anything. And I mean anything, anything. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. There's a prayer thought. Give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul also said in Philippians, look at this, don't be anxious. Don't be anxious because what is anxiousness? It shows its evidence of your lack of faith. That's what anxiousness is. It's worrying about something that maybe you've already given to God or you haven't given to God yet, and you need to. But if you give it to God and you worry about it, you haven't given it to God. You have held on to it. You're holding on to the thing. And I know this is tricky because how do I give something to God and really truly not worry about it? Well, you just don't. You give it to God and you say, God, it's in your hands. I trust you. And you go about doing whatever else you need to do. You do your part, let God do his part. He says, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, he says, by prayer and by petition, with thanksgiving, do what? Present your requests to God. That's prayer. Give it to God. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't sweat it. Right? In every situation, you just come to God with it. Give it to him. And then he says, here's what will happen. When you do that, the peace of God which transcends anything you could ever imagine, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. If you don't sense that peace that God is trying to give you because you've given it to Him, then you probably haven't given it to Him. Okay, But when you give it to Him and then God gives you this sense of peace that He's got it, you've given it to Him, now, now don't worry about it, just go about your, your day, go about your work, God will take care of it, and you will have a sense of peace. You can live in that way. Amazing stuff. Prayer is seeking God, right? It's it's seeking God's will for you. Most important thing. Second thing is this. What's a good prayer plan? A good prayer plan. That's what we want to think about here. And uh, is, is there some, like, secret formula to having a secret prayer plan? You know, we, some of you may have a, a plan of how you pray, where you go, what you do, you got your prayer closet, you got your wall, you got your notes on it. That's fine. That's all cool. That's good. Everybody should have a prayer plan, though. Let me just say this, too. Don't let anyone ever beat you up about prayer. You know what I mean? The devil is really good at heaping guilt on other Christians because this Christian thinks they're more spiritual than this Christian. And they want you to know how much more spiritual they are by telling you how often they pray, or when they pray, or where they pray. Don't let anyone, even yourself, guilt trip you about prayer. It's never meant to be like this. 
It, wasn't, it isn't something you should just do because the Bible teaches us to pray and Jesus said we should pray. So don't let others guilt you into the, the when and the where and the how and the difference are all different with different people. See, prayer is more like breathing than it is like exercising. Right? Think about it. Prayer is more like just life. You can't, you can't live without breathing. And you can't live in spiritual life without breathing prayer as well. It isn't about going to the gym, Planet Fitness, and exercising once a week or twice a week, or I'm going to pray three times a week at this time, at this place. That's nice. Do that. But, but if that's all it is to you, it's, you, it's become mechanical. Prayer is about like breathing. It's, it should become very natural. Like you get up in the morning and you say, God, here I am. I'm your servant. And all day long you live this life of prayer. It's just, God, help me with this decision. God, help me in this. Help me to say the right thing here, Father. And, and all day long we're just crying out to God in every situation we find ourselves. And when we lay our head down on our pillow, we say, amen. And the day is over and it's been a day of prayer. Our heart has cried out to God all day long and we've walked with the Lord in that way that's what God wants from us he doesn't just want us to have a bunch a formula on how to pray or if we go to the mountaintop like Jesus did and we stand in a certain position that that's the ticket that's not anything it's about giving your life to him right it's about breathing him in and out all day long you know, and Jesus gives us a good, um, a good plan. He does a lot of things that help us understand what maybe a good plan is. Let me give you a couple things that he gives us, okay? Here we go. The first thing is this, is, is that we should pray. Uh, five things that we should include is we should pray in secret. That's one of the things we learned from Jesus about his prayer plan. He goes, uh, it's a Sermon on the Mount, right? The crowds have gathered in Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus says, when you pray. Okay, so we know what he's talking about, right? There's nothing confusing here. He says, when you pray. And then he says, when you pray, take note of this, don't do certain things. Isn't that cool? Jesus says, hey, I'm going to tell you a little bit about prayer, but I'm, first I'm going to tell you what not to do. And I'm going to tell you what you should do. We're like, Jesus, you are the greatest teacher ever. I mean, this is amazing. Like, I now know as a human, don't do this. This is not what God's looking for. This is what he's looking for. He says, look what he says. Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Now, what a waste of a reward that was, right? But when you pray, I love this. Now, okay, so that's what you don't do. Here's what you do. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret, He will reward you. Oh, what a great prayer plan that is, isn't it? Like that's like one of the things where I make sure that I'm doing with my life. I'm getting on my face, I'm closing the door, and I'm just crying out to God. God, help me. God, use me. God, open my eyes to you. In secret. That's beautiful. I mean, how easy is that, right? Pretty easy. Second thing Jesus, uh, Jesus gives us in this idea of uh, having a good prayer plan is this, is to keep it simple. Just keep it simple. I think people don't pray because they think they got to say a certain thing. Like, have you ever been with a group of people, maybe some that were non-Christian or weren't in the church much, and you're talking about, okay, we're going to pray first, and you ask them to pray, and they're like, I don't know how to do that. It's like, what? 
You know how to breathe. Just talk to God like you would talk to anyone, right? Just keep it simple. You don't have to. And you know why they say that? They say that because they have heard Christians pray. And they think they need to use like theological words and doctrinal terms and preach a sermon in their prayer. And they think, no way I can do that. Well, of course they can't do that. We confuse people with what we do sometimes. Jesus says in Matthew 6, he's still teaching the crowds, and here's what he says, when you pray, another beautiful little tip, like, okay, I'm taking notes now. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask. Wow. That, that, said, that helps a lot, right? It's like when, I put my, when I'm thinking about prayer and I'm going to pray to God, just keep it simple. He already knows. Just talk to God. Just talk to the Lord. Just give Him what's on your heart. Just, just be real. Like, just be real. Just keep it simple. Third thing is this. Uh, there should be a sense of urgency. I think there should be a sense of urgency when you pray. Not always, but there ought to be a sense of Jesus is coming back. People are lost and I don't have time to really waste. Like, Jesus understood that, right? When he came, he understood that he's on a mission. It's not going to last very long. And so the things that were most important, he had to impart in his disciples. Because he knew his time was going to be short. Well, so is yours and so is mine. We're not going to be here forever. One day he's going to return. And so there's ought to be a sense of urgency. So Peter, remember Peter, Acts 12, he's arrested. He's thrown in prison. An angel comes, releases Peter, leads him out of the prison. Peter's like thinking he's dreaming. And finally in Acts 12, verse 11, it says, Peter comes to himself and he said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel to rescue me. Keep those words in mind. Rescue me from Herod's cloud and from everything that the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Verse 12, when, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. <laughs> That's beautiful, right? Peter's in prison. And where's the church? Together praying. So we should pray in secret. I think all by yourself, you should do that. But there's nothing wrong with praying together with a group of people. The, the church did that. And I, and I believe that, that there's a good chance Peter would not have been miraculously uh, let out of that prison if the church hadn't been praying. This is God answering their prayers. And he goes to the house of Mary, and what are they doing? They're all gathered there, and they're praying, God, please, God, release Peter, protect Peter. Notice they aren't, they aren't whining about the fact that Peter's in jail. They're not like, God, how, did, how come you let this happen? Our, the best, your best guy, God, Peter, is now in jail. What good is that going to do? Like, how are people going to hear the gospel with Peter? They weren't doing that. They were like, yes, Peter's in jail. Another opportunity for God to do something amazing. Right? God's going to reach the whole world through Peter in prison, and, and all the people in prison are going to hear the gospel. This is amazing. We could never get to those people any other way. You know, that's their attitude. An attitude of opportunity, no matter what the situation. And they're together and they're praying with this sense of urgency and they're crying out together. That's a big deal. You know, that's what we should do. In times of, of hardship and struggle, the church should pray. The fourth thing is this, having a good prayer plan, is to be humble. It's to do it humbly, right? 
to be humble in our prayer. Oh my goodness. Because we know, right, we're, we don't deserve to talk to God. Like, we don't deserve to talk to God. You, we realize that, right? Like, we don't deserve God. We don't deserve to be, like, let into his kingdom. We don't deserve for his Holy Spirit to come live in our lives. We don't deserve any of this. We don't deserve it all, any of it. And yet he chose to share his grace with us. And he loves you that much. He loves me that much. And so when we come, we should come humbly. And James talks about this. In verse 7, James says, remember the, the passage, you probably know it, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The next thing James says is this. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. There you go. So there you go. God's standing here waiting. God's not running from you. He's not hiding from you. He just wants us to respond to him. He's already responded to us. He's not going to force himself in your presence. But he's going to say, if you come to me, I'll come to you. And we'll have a relationship, a two-way relationship. That's what prayer does. It cries out to God and it says, God, I want you in my life. And when you don't pray, you're basically saying, God, I got this myself. So prayer is, is saying, God, come on, please come in. Be a part of what I'm doing. Be a part of what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm doing right now. And he says, come near to God. He'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. This is what we are. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. Me, double-minded. Verse 9, grieve, mourn, and wail. That's what I should do as I think about my need for God. Change your laughter to mourning, your joy to gloom. Verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. That's it. So that's the, that's the prayer plan. It's just come to him and come humbly. Like I know there's a verse that talks about in Hebrews that says that we can approach the throne of God with confidence. Okay, but that's not talking about prayer. That's not talking about this. this. That's talking about that we have eternal life in Christ. And one day when I stand before the judgment seat of God, I can stand there with a sense of confidence as much as I can maybe muster up because I don't know how I'm going to do that. But I can stand there with confidence because it's what Jesus has done, not what I have done. And my attachment to him, I'm connected to him. So when I stand before him one day, I can stand there with some, some assortment of, of confidence because I trust Jesus, because he's getting me in. I'm not getting myself in. So I can stand before the throne of God with some confidence based on what Jesus has done for me and my response to him. But, but James says, when you pray, you come humbly. You come humbly to God and you cry out to God with a heart of prayer, a heart of seeking God. So we come humbly. And the last thing is this, you come to listen. And I love this verse in Ecclesiastes, we come to listen. Because uh, out of all of them, I think this is the one we don't do well. I think a lot of times when we pray, you know, we think we got to talk. We got to do all the talking. And if somebody stops talking, then either we're done or we're going to get awkward. It's going to get awkward, right? You know, somebody's not, if somebody is, is supposed to be praying and they kind of pause or stop, we're like, all right, now what do we do? And Ecclesiastes 5, 1 and 2 says this. Check this out and really let this sink into your heart. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know what they do wrong. Verse 2, do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven. You are on earth. So let your words be few. Oh, 
right? That's, that's so big. That's so big when it comes to my prayer plan, when it comes to, like, I come to before God or I, I'm, I'm in my own room and I'm going to pray to God. I'm, I need to realize that. I just need to be quiet. Let God speak. Like, His Holy Spirit's in you, right? So let Him speak. Give Him time in that moment as you're getting quiet before the Lord. Let Him speak. This is why what worship is so important. When, we, when we're singing these songs, this is not just about us mouthing songs to God. This is about us singing our heart to God. And as we're doing that, we're, out, we're also saying, God, speak to me. And we listen to God as we're crying out to God. And it's a communication that's happening. Like praise should be prayer. Our praise, our singing should be a time of prayer. That's why we try to make it so, so that it's important that there's no distractions, that we try to let people just quietly, in private as much as possible, together hear God, right? Instead of just saying a bunch of things and then saying amen, we give God time to speak to us. Your prayer plan should include coming to listen and not just talking, not just rattling off a bunch of requests to God, right? That we listen. So prayer is coming before God. It's, it's coming before God personally. It's coming before God collectively, right? Like in all situations, at all times, we're available and we're kingdom-minded, right? So in 2019, let's be kingdom-minded. Kingdom-minded. If you utter one word to God about something that you catch yourself and you're like, no, no, that's selfish. Stop right there. And change what you're saying. You know, just, just say, sorry, God, and get it right, okay? Nothing selfish. This is, prayer is not about asking God for stuff. Your stuff doesn't matter. There's people dying. There's people going to hell. There's, there's people that need Jesus. There's people that need healing. There's things that are important that, that we need to be about when we pray. So a good prayer plan includes that we do it secretly we do it and keep it simple and that there's a sense of urgency and that we're humble and that we come to listen and finally there's there's a time uh, to stop talking and get to it right right and there's a time to pray a time to pray and that's what we're going to move into right now is a time to pray in the book of ecclesiastes we know that scripture says there's a time for everything under the sun there's a time for everything, right? So we understand that there's a time for us to learn and talk and teach and read Scripture. There's a time for us to go and do what the Scripture teaches and where God is leading us. And then there's a time to pray.